0: Go ahead and be seated if you would. Take your Bibles out. We're going to be observing and reading and soaking in a lot of Scripture today. Is that all right? I thought it might be. I love my church. Amen. So we are still talking about our responsibility as the bride of Christ what it means, what, what's our role, what, what does God expect from us. I want to meet God's expectation, amen? amen. Do you? Yeah. Yes. You can see in your worship guide, I would ask you to take that out, and get ready to take notes as the Lord leads. If God says something, it's worth writing down, Amen. Write what he says down if, if he, his voice is louder than mine to you. you can see in, in your worship guide, we've we've covered a lot of area, and I told you last week um, not not as a threat, but that, that we're going to turn a corner for the next couple of weeks as we bring this series to a close. It, we have to understand I said it on Friday, we're we're plan A, man. God doesn't have a plan B. The church is plan A. And He's done everything that He has to do. The church is that are all over this country that we've gotta stand up in unity. And we have to understand what our purpose is. And that happens to be the next segment of this series. I just, I just want to ask the question, as we've done every week, we've asked a question and we've been able to answer it through His Word. The question this week is, what is the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church. Let's start with our verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Your Bible says, and mine says, I hope you will put up with a little more of my foolishness, Paul says. So what, what he, when he would speak, he would, he would, he would, he would sound Odd. His message was different. His message was powerful. It was moving. It brought about a spirit of conviction. But many thought it was foolish. And it's interesting that he is speaking here to the church at Corinth. The Corinthian church they had They had some things right, man. they had some things together but if if you read both letters, like just from start to finish, first Corinthians second corinthians you 'll find out that the majority of that book, the purpose of that book was to correct them for the things they were doing wrong and 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 there's there 's an element of tongue in cheek here because what he was Writing to them and what he was preaching to them, they weren't following because it didn't fit what it is they wanted to do or or, or the way they wanted to operate, if you will, as a local church. So he said, "I, I hope you'll put up with a little more of my foolishness. He said, Just bear with me again got an element of tongue-in-cheek here he said I'm jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself and this is the part of this passage that arrested my heart and birthed this series Paul says this I promised you you who's you you is the church so I'm, I'm 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 talking about the church if you know Jesus Christ you're part of the church but but I'm also getting very specific and I'm talking about this church because the, you're here it's your church I didn't make any of y'all come today you got up and you decided I want to go to church and that means I want to congregate with the church amen the building's not the church Thankful for our facility, but you're the church, I'm the church. So, so Paul is saying, "I, I promised you. In other words, he's had a conversation with God, and in that conversation with God, he made some audacious accounts and promises. And he said, One of the promises I made was that I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Jesus Christ. And so, I entitled it Here Comes the Bride because. We, we have, we've got to understand, Jesus is coming back after a pure bride, not a perfect bride, or, or we're done before we start, right? But he's coming after a pure bride, a bride that has a short leash on sin, a bride that is, understands their purpose, a bride that puts his kingdom before their own, a bride that isn't wanting to build anything on their own, but everything as unto the Lord. He's coming after a pure bride, a bride who has accepted the payment of sin through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and lives accordingly. And this could get uncomfortable, but I, I had I had this message in the can for and, and, and I, I wondered when God was gonna let me preach it. And and it was it was gonna be part of this series, but like I said last week, I thought we were done week before last. And God said, You ain't done. Okay. But let me tell you how God works. Friday night we had an amazing night of worship amen, amen. incredible freedom <clears throat> i had a couple of folks come uh, uh, to me afterwards saying that they answered the call to ministry that 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 they and, and these were young young individuals and they said I, I know god has called me to preach his gospel are you kidding that's amazing World changers. People were healed that night. People, were, were, people were, were, were reconciled to Jesus. All because of what? Because we came together with one plan, and that was to worship. I felt the presence of God in this place when I entered the door. Before we ever played a note, sung a song before anything, I, I, I came in, went to my office and unloaded my stuff, and man, I felt the presence of God. And I, I could not wait, although I love I I the worship, and you, you clearly know I love to play it and sing it, but I, I couldn't wait to get to this part of the service because I wanted to open this book so that all the dots can connect of, from the last couple of weeks. What is the purpose of the church? Some say the purpose of the church is to just get people saved. That's not the purpose of the church. Is this on, by the way? You awake? You going to help me preach this or I'm on my own today? Alright, cool, 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 cool. The purpose of the church is not to get people safe, The purpose of the church is not to build community. The purpose of the church is not to have programs to teach about God. The purpose of the church is not to hear preaching, good or bad. The, the purpose of the church is not to sing about love and grace and mercy, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All those things w- will be produced in a healthy church. All of those things will be evident and produced in a healthy church, but they aren't God's original and present purpose of the church. They are a result of a church that understands their purpose. To get the answer of the question, what is the purpose of the church? Let's answer a couple of other questions first, because. Within the answers of these questions lie God's overall purpose for the church. Do you want to know the purpose of why you exist on this planet? Do you want to know why we do what we do? Do you want to know why I'm going to tell you what the purpose of the church is? It is my purpose for even existing on this planet. Were it not for this purpose, we would just be going through the motions. These are rhetorical questions, but I would ask you to consider them in your thoughts, please. What, why did Jesus come? Why was he born? Just, why was he crucified? Why did he rise up again? Why is he right now at the right hand of his Father? And the answer to all of these questions is this. And it's in your worship guide. It is so that, next slide, we can, bam, boom. It is because in, the answer is so in order that he might make worshipers out of wanderers. See, see 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 the reason he came, the reason he died, the reason he rose again, all of these things everything that we can every every cool bible story that we can pull out every every miracle of Jesus that we can just extract from the scripture, every parable, the purpose of it all was So that he might make, that his God might make worshipers out of wanderers. That he might restore us again to the place of worship we knew when we were first created. The purpose of the church is so that you and I become worshipers. But we're already worshipers. So it's deeper than that. The purpose of the church is so that you and I become worshipers of the one true God. Because we were created to worship. Every creature that is on this planet was created to worship. Do you understand that the creeping, crawling creatures are doing what God designed them to do? The beasts of the field are doing what God designed them to do. They're worshiping their creator. That bird that's outside your window on your off day, and he's whistling up a storm and he drives you bananas, don't silence his praise. He's doing what he was designed to do. He's worshiping the one that formed him. Psalm 29, verse 2 says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. We were created to worship. The purpose of the church is to worship. The purpose of the church is to worship so that that creates an environment where the other things that we listed can grow, that seeds can be planted, and lives can be changed, and marriages can be healed, and, and physical ailments can be healed. Listen, listen, worship is both the beginning, the middle, and the end. If you read your scriptures, worship was the point of Genesis, worship was the point of the Gospels, worship was the point of the book of the Revelation. We, we 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 man we we have created foundations of churches that are nothing but talking about the end times and miss the whole daggone point of why Revelation is even in the book. It's the revel read, read the first, when John first saw Jesus as he was getting the revelation. What did he do? He fell face first in front of the one he saw. And the rest of that book, although a lot of symbolism and a lot of things that none of us will understand, and it's unfortunate because a lot of people will plant a doctrinal flag on something that they don't understand. I refuse to do that. But I know this. I know that worship is why we are here. Worship is the normal employment of every being. Please, please feel the weight of this. It, it, worship is not something that is added on to a purpose. Worship is is not the the, the opening act for the preacher. Worship is not just songs. Worship is not just music. Worship is not just fill in the blank. We have such a diverse body that fill in the blank of what worship was. It's not, it's not, worship is not just an add on to anything that you do. Worship is the reason we're still here. Worship is the reason. It's the purpose of the church that God birthed. Every glimpse of heaven that we see in the scriptures has to do with worship. Consider that. Every glimpse of heaven we get. You're like, hold on, I got you on this one. (laughs) Yeah, what about whenever Satan stood up and started saying, I, 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 I? Oh, he was worshiping himself. And God said, yeah, no, not on my turf. And pride brought him down hard, man. Yes? Every account of heaven has to do with worship. I don't know how you read the Scripture and if you're new to Living Water, when, when we read, we put ourselves in the Scripture. Last night, or Friday, excuse me, the Lord laid on my heart to begin reading Isaiah chapter 6 because it's such a powerful verse to me, a passage to me. I got, I got part of the way through it. I don't know what all happened. But listen to Isaiah 6, verse 1 through 4. I would ask you to turn there if you would. Isaiah 6, and then we're going to go to Revelation. I want you to feel the weight of your purpose. See, so many times, so many times the church will make the fatal mistake, if you will, of when someone gets saved, the first thing they do and they think they're helping them is to put them to work. So that creates a mindset that your first response to Jesus saving you should be do. No, your first response and your second response and your last response should be worship him. Out of that, you will understand your calling. Out of that, you will begin to become familiar with your gifts. Out of that, your art will come forth. Out of worship, everything that makes God's design for the church what it is has to be birthed out of worship. we got to get this. We have, it, it, Isaiah 6, look at it. 1 through 4. We know it was in the year that King Uzziah died. I'm not going to start that message over again. I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Are you feeling the weight of this yet? Are you in the scripture? Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet, and with two, they flew. They were calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of heaven's armies. Exclamation point. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Pause. Listen. When he first began to write. Look at what he says. He says that he was sitting on a lofty throne. And Isaiah wrote that his train. His glory. Filled the temple. And the angels corrected him. No, 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 no. His glory. His his majesty is not to be contained in the walls of a temple, in a church, anywhere. He said. They said, no, no, no. And they said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's army. The whole earth is covered with His glory. The whole earth is filled with His glory, he says. And their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Worship. God opens heaven, and we see them worshiping God the Father. Turn, please, to Revelation chapter 4. Please turn there. At at the very least, please make note. Revelation chapter 4, I want to pick it up in verse 8. If you got it, say, I got it. If you need a minute, say, hold up. Revelation chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. Feel this, please. Day after day, night after night, pause. It never stops. Day after day, night after night, day after day, night after night, day after day, night after night, day after day. Night after night, day, after day. Some, some of you artists need to be pinning that down because I'm, I'm spitting some, you're going to need this. Day after day, night after night, day after day, night after night, they kept saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, the one who is, the one who is still to come. Verse 9, whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever and ever and ever. That's how it's written. And they lay their crowns They lay their crowns. Everything you do should be so that you get a crown to lay at the feet of your king. Oh, God help me. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. Worship. Oh, the drapes of heaven were peeled back just enough so that you and I can see what the heck's going on up there. What's going on up there is what should be going on down here because our home is there. Where are you passing through. When he taught his disciples how to pray, he told, he told them, pray like this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on as it is. Do you see it? So what's going on in heaven? We just read it. I need another example, Jeff. Beautiful. Go one more chapter to verse 5. Because we had them worshiping God the Father. In Revelation 5, we see all of heaven worshiping God the Son. Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered. But it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. Let's just drop to verse 7. He stepped forward. He took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. When he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Hallelujah. Each one had a harp, and they they held gold bowls filled with incense. They are the prayers of you and me and all of God's people. And they sang a new song. They sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll. You are worthy to break its seals. You are worthy to open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God. For every tribe, every language and the people of the nations. And you have called them to become a kingdom of priests for our God. And they will reign on this earth. Then I looked again. Say again. (laughs) I looked again. When I looked again, I heard the voices of thousands. No, millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus. They put the, hmm hey, hey, a, hey, hey, check, one, one, check, check, one, two. Okay, guys, you ready? You ready? Here we go. Worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Worthy! We were created to worship. We have one main purpose, and that's to worship. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the stars and in the sea. They sang, hold up, what? Yeah, everything created began to sing. Oh, I feel it. Is the Bible the truth or not? Okay. Then it said what it said. That is one of the reasons that we have a responsibility of being a steward of this planet. Because God's creation exists to lift his name, to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. I heard of every creature in heaven and on earth and under the stars And under the earth and in the sea, they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And then the four living beings said, well, amen to that. In other words, I totally agree with you. I couldn't have said it better. Creatures of the sea, the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the Lord. Worship is a moral imperative for the church. Jeff, I I, I can't. I can't get over this lust. Worship is a moral imperative for the church, man. I'm, 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 man, I'm, I'm having thoughts. I'm, I mean, hey, I, we ain't laid together, but, but I'm emotionally having an affair. With worship is the moral imperative that will clean you up, pick you up, and get you moving again. You can't just say you're sorry without worshiping the king. You can't just have a do-over without worshiping the king. The reason you're in the place you're at, if, you, if there is distance between you and God, the reason you are where you're at is because your worship has failed. That ain't the preacher's fault. It, it's it. It's an easy target. I get it. It ain't your mate's fault. Easy target. I get it. It ain't your boss's fault. Easy target. I get it. It ain't your neighbor's fault. Easy target. I get it. It's because our worship begins to weaken, begins to lessen, and the attention is more on us than it is the one who deserves it. That is when we find ourselves in the ditch. That's when trouble begins to take place in our life, in our marriage, in our homes. Are you feeling me yet? Worship is the purpose of the church. It's worship that will produce. Worship that will cause people to be saved and community will be created. All the things that I mentioned earlier. Without worship, we don't have a church. Without worship we don't have a church. Without worship, we don't have a church. We have a dead organization. Mm -mm. I said on November 26th in the year 2000, which was the first service we had in my house. As God began to speak months and months before and chased me years and years before. I said, we are a worship-driven church. And we have been a worship-driven church since our very first service. Why? Not, we, we weren't a worship-driven church because I've been in the music business most of my life. We weren't a worship-driven church because of the talent that's in our building, although we do have more than most. We're not a worship. We're a worship-driven church because that is our purpose. And without worship, we don't have a church. Without worship, we have a dead organization. When we worship, we will become a living organism. Amen. Without worship, we've got to work for growth we got to do this. we got to do that. we got to exhaust everybody in the room working overtime. Without worship, we work for growth. With worship, we see growth through the work of the Holy Spirit. Are you feeling me? Listen, I, anybody in this room can fill this room. I want the Spirit to draw. And they'll draw... They'll be drawn whenever that you and I live lives of worship. Look, man, it was already said this morning, and I'll echo it just to amen minute as the as the heavens did. When he's lifted up, he will draw. Man, do you the know, foundation of everything is worship? Without worship, we create committees. <laughs> See, man, when, when at some point in your life, you, you just, you just you ain't worried about... Without worship, we have to create committees because we don't know what to do. And somebody don't want to man up, woman up, and make a decision... So we create a committee. You have never, nor will you ever, see living water vote on anything. Because I refuse to create an environment where someone has to lose. Without worship we create committees. With worship we have communion. Hey. We have communion, one with another and with our Father. What is worship? What will it be like if Christ's presence is there? Worship is an attitude. Worship is a state of mind. Worship is a sustained act. Worship is dynamic in its intensity. Feel me. Worship is dynamic in its intensity. I don't mean by that that you're hot and cold 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 no 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 that's not that dynamic i'm talking about worship is dynamic in its intensity and i mean by that i've experienced worship that has left me sob uh, just a just a a wreck of s- sobbing like a little girl for joy then i've experienced worship where all i could do is yell in the name of jesus those are the dynamics I'm talking about. I've worshipped, and you have too. You've experienced where I couldn't tell you what was happening in the service. It, 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 it was—it's literally like you're in another place, and and man, just just time has just been all wrapped up in the goodness of God, and so you just worship and. You don't care who's beside you. You don't care who's sitting in front of you. You don't care who's behind you. Well, I brought a guest today, so I got to bring it on the DL. No, you don't. You need to worship your king. And when they see that you're worshiping your king, if you lift Jesus up, are you hearing me yet? It- breaks my heart when I see Christ followers bring in someone who needs to know Jesus and they are all restrained and refined and bound in their seats. Worship. Worship can be as simple as we want to make it, but it can also be intense. Amen? As soon as God sends the Holy Spirit into an atmosphere and into our heart, we recognize Him as Abba, yes. as our Daddy, the one we go to, the one we respect, the one we honor. Amen. Yes. And thus begins the process and the surrender of worship. So I prayed and prayed and prayed over this. God, God, being able to define worship is difficult god we we've read some verses but how do we take those how do we take the reality of the purpose of the church which is worship how do we take that and make it applicable to my life and to your life because if we don't get this right we die we die And I won't go to a dead church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you don't want one either. And if you do, I'm sorry. (laughs) If you want it to go your way and your way alone, I'm sorry. Not how it works, man. What God says is what we do. So he began to speak to me about, you'll see it in your worship guide, the elements of worship. In other words, things you will always find presence in true worship. You will always find this existing when you see, hear, feel worship taking place. When you are truly worshiping in spirit and in truth as we were commanded to do. When you, these elements will be present if your worship seems to be a little on the weak side as it were one of these elements is missing and if it's the purpose of the church don't you want to know if it's the purpose of the church don't you want to apply it to your life yes yes a thousand times yes number 1 if you're taking notes an element of worship is confidence confidence i have so that we can wrap our mind around it. The definition of the word confidence is this, a relation of trust and intimacy. (laughs) Reliance on another's ability. A belief that one will act justly, right, and proper in an effective way. Confidence that knows no boundaries. Listen, you cannot worship a God you don't trust. You can't worship a God that is weak. You've got to have confidence that he is who he says he is. Or you cannot worship him. And the minute that that diminishes, your worship will be affected by that. Do you understand? You, it, it will be so affected that you will start to see your life begin to be affected. Worship is is altogether dependent on the attitude we take towards God. In other words, we can see him as a little God, or we can see him as the God. Now get this. I I fear that many in the church see their God too small. And if your God is too small, your prayers will be too small. If your God is too small, your expectations will be small. If your God is too small, your energy will be too small. If your God is too small, your desire to see people come to know Jesus will be small. If your God is small, you will pick up the load yourself, start making decisions on your own because you have lost confidence in your little bitty small God. David said this in Psalm 34, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Mm. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. This This will trip you up if you're not careful because magnify doesn't mean we make God big. You can't make God big. This is important. You can't make God big, but you can see him as big. He's no more God when we worship him right or if we worship him not right. He's no more God. He's God. And we are to worship him with confidence. You love me? Cool, 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 cool. You can't worship a god that you called a man upstairs. The man upstairs is a tenant. Oh, Jeff, you need you need to chill, man. This is, this is the 21st century. God is still God, and you cannot. Disrespect his name and call yourself a worshiper. Oh no, you can't worship a God you know as the man upstairs. You can't worship a God that is your homeboy. You want you want you man, I tell you. Talking about my God here. You you can't worship a God you refer to as the big guy. He's God. This is a concept that is unworthy of God. And if there's a disease in the church, it's that we fail to see God in His greatness, in His goodness, in His magnification. The fact that He's Almighty, that we see Him in His strength. We're too familiar with God. We're no longer searching for the unknown things of God because we've been in church all our life. Come on, somebody. We got this. Every now and again, you'll pick up a nugget you never found in a verse you've read a thousand times. I want more. I want it all. Just give me Jesus. I want it all. I'm not settling for half. I'm not settling for a nibble. I'm going to eat the word. I want it all. And if you don't want it all, you will not like me long. You will question the direction that I take this church. Because hear me. I'm not in charge. He is. And I will never stop until I have it all. Communion with God is one thing. Familiarity with God is another. And while I'm on the topic, let me also say something. We need to be very careful how we consider Jesus. We can learn about his humanity and learn about his humanity and lean into that so much. Praise, the God. Praise God that he was 100% human. But we can lean into that more than we lean into his deity. Are you with me? We can lean into that and forget that he's also God. He's just one of us. He's not just one of us. When he died and rose again and went to heaven and sat with his daddy, he stopped being one of us. He's God. David also wrote in Psalm 45, For your royal husband, Jesus Christ, delights in your beauty. Honor him, for he is your Lord. Oh, thank God he came down to the lowest place. Thank God he came down to the lowest position so that he could make himself accessible in a tender way, in a prophetic, answering way. But I remind you again, as I've stated, don't forget how John saw him in the book of the Revelation. When he seen him, he had to fall at his feet. He ain't my body. He's my God. And I've heard every, and you have to. I've heard every type of preacher there is. Arrogant boasters. I've heard dull dull preachers. I've heard dry ones. I've heard eloquent ones. Listen, I've heard ignorant ones. You have too. I've heard funny ones. I've heard some that were like statues. I've heard famous ones. And I've heard some that have remained unknown. But the ones that move me and help me be a better Christ follower are the ones that were all struck in the presence of God. I couldn't care less about your style of preaching or teaching the Word. I'm not, I'm not moved or impressed by that. Yeah. Neither is God. Yeah. What moves me is when I see a man or a woman that is so in awe of their Creator. Yeah. Oh, that they proceed cautiously as they speak. As they proceed cautiously as they approach this book. As they proceed cautiously as to not get ahead of God. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. That's my goal. It needs to be your goal. You can't flip in and flip out. God, I, uh, listen, I think a fresh dose of holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty would do us good. Yes. God help us. There's confidence. Another element of worship that must be there is admiration. Webster's defines it as this, to respect and approve a person of high esteem. (laughs) In other words, appreciate the excellency of God. You've got got to admire Him. Think of it. Men and women are better qualified to appreciate and admire God than any other creation. Say, why? Why? First of all, we were made in his image. Secondly, because the angels never had to be redeemed. God didn't send his son for the angels. Come on now. God, I'm not trying to give you theology overload here, but you need to understand, we are in a position and more qualified to appreciate and admire God for more reasons than any other creation. We are the only creature that was made in His image. Listen, He breathed life into us. can we can we just can we just be honest today okay and I know this is a global statement and it don't apply to everyone it doesn't apply to every church I get it but we need to have a grown up conversation for the next few minutes about where your loyalty and my loyalty lies the God of the Postmodern evangelical church. That God rarely astonishes anyone anymore. God forgive us. Jeff, why, why is that the case? Oh, I could give you a Sunday school answer. But while I have your attention, I believe it's because we have kept him firmly planted within the confines of our U.S. constitutional amendments. One check. We're almost more loyal to a political party than we are the creator of the universe. I don't worship the flag, church. You need to hear this very... I don't worship the flag. I honor it. And I won't dishonor it. But God is the God of the nations. He's the God of the world. And a little part of me dies every time I see a Christ follower get worked up and raise their voice and start rallying the, their friends and their family members because something about the flag or the. And yet they are dead in the house of God. Forgive us, God. We can't keep Him wrapped up within the confines of our. Constitution. You ask ten Christ followers if the Constitution is inspired by God. I did this. Ten said yes. still with me? I mean no disrespect. But we've got to get worship in its right context or we're done. Ten people I ask. Ken said it was inspired divinely by God Himself. So then I asked them, are you going to blame God for the three-fifths compromise? And they're like, three-fifths compromise? I I, I ain't hip to that. Okay, so then I'll I'll tell you what your your God inspired. The three-fifths, Compromise was a compromise that reached the state delegates when they were rallying around the Constitutional Convention and the state's total population was evaluated so that there was strength in government and there was strength in the House and there was strength in representation and taxation and they decided that only three out of five slaves made one person. Did your God do that? Did your God inspire that? Mine did not. Because I'm pro every life. Stop worshiping it. Honor it. Respect it. But your God is not to be entwined in it. And since God is no respecter of persons, do you believe that? Was He equally involved in the French Constitution? There is one. The Canadian Constitution? Saudi Arabia has a Constitution. Church, we can't have it both ways. Why isn't God in the presence and men and women not astonished anymore by God because the God of the postmodern evangelical church can't get past the church's bylaws. There's a block that's up. God wants to break through, but we got to first make God look like the rest of us or He can't get past the invisible wall of our bylaws and our denominational. God is not a God of bylaws. God is not a God of, of anything else. God's not a God of denominations. He's a non-denominational God. God is the God of everything and everyone. Everyone! And I refuse to be a part of anything that creates division. And as long as I'm breathing until you cart me out of this place, I am going to preach this, that we have to stand against division. God can't be what He is come to do and he can't can't perform miracles and he can't be the God whom he is because we have put a wall up to protect our bylaws. But here's the funny thing. The whole point of there being denominations It's because Fred didn't agree with Ralph. I literally saw a fifth Baptist church, hand to God. Really? A fifth? We get it. We get it. You're on your own. We get it. Wow. But it's amazing that in all the bylaws, God is somehow on board with whatever their bylaws have to say about dress code. That it, it, it's just freaky how God's on board with everything their bylaws say about music and movies and alcohol and salvation and sanctification, the afterlife. Are you feeling me yet? Yes. Come on now. Yes. We got to quit being dumb sheep. Yes. Yes. We need to worship God. What I'm trying to say is we've put him on our level. Therefore, our admiration for him has suffered. Number 3, you need to have a fascination about God. Does he still fascinate you? Well, I'm in this and I'm 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 in this wilderness time and uh, you know what? You just set yourself up for multiple laps. You know, when I get this fixed and that fixed, I will worship God. Nope. No, you won't. No, you won't. If you don't worship him in the valley, you won't worship him on the hilltop. You won't. You won't. You'll say you will, but you won't. I won't. If I'm not going to worship him in every aspect and area of my life, I won't worship him when money rains down from heaven. I won't. You won't either. Stop kidding yourself. You won't. Webster said a fascination is the state of being entranced to be captivated, excited, or to be amazed. Are you amazed with God? Oh, man. Fascinated not with attendance. Fascinated not with money. Fascinated not with the programs of the church, but entranced with who God is and struck with an astonished wonder and awe at the inconceivable, unexplainable magnitude and splendor of Almighty God. Let Him fascinate you again. God's an amazing artist. God is beautiful. God is poetic. God is musical. He's the Let me rattle off some verses for you so you don't think I'm making this up as I go. Exodus 14, verse 31. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptian, they were filled with, say it, before him, and they put their faith in the Lord. Chapter 15 of the same book, verse 11. Who is like you among the gods, O Lord, glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders? Ain't nobody, I'll answer that. Psalm 33, verse 8. Let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in all of him ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 yet god has made everything beautiful for its own time he's planted eternity in the human heart thank you jesus but even so people cannot see the whole scope of god's work from beginning to end why because he's fascinating i close with the fourth element of worship a fear the church has lost the gravity of this next word, I fear, that, a, 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 a fear it breaks down the worship of any Christ follower. If, if, if this element is missing, you will never have the first three that we mentioned hitting on all cylinders, as it were. The fourth element that is in worship that you and I must put attention to is adoration. Raise your hand if you have used the word adoration in a sentence this week. That's what I'm talking about. We, 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 what does that mean, Jeff? I adore my wife. I adore my dog. They're on different levels, church. <laughs> I, I, I adore my Harley. I adore my little black car. It's different levels. I adore my kids. I adore my grandkids. Different levels, church. We've got to understand that we must approach the God of the universe and adore him. What's it mean? I'm glad you asked. It means this. To regard with loving... Pause. You, listen, listen, listen. We will walk with you. We will pick you up when you fall down. But here's what you have to do. If you're listening by way of podcast across the world, listen to me very, 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 very carefully. You're either all in, and there is a level of devotion that keeps you in a steady rhythm with God, in stride with Jesus, in sync with the Spirit, or you're not. When I was doing my secret poll on the 10 I talked to about the first thing I brought up here, we begin. It's amazing what people will tell you if you'll just begin having a, a conversation that's not judgmental and not confrontational. Just, you know, talk like grown-ups, Talk, you understand? Uh, and, and, and we were talking about devotion. We were talking about being devoted. And God crushed me on the drive home because He began to just explained so clearly. It was like for the first time, it's like, I get it. The, the reason there are these problems in our communities and in our nation and in our homes is because we don't know how to be devoted to anything longer than six months. Adoration is to regard with loving devotion, to worship, to honor God as a deity. This is to love God with all the power within us, with all the wherewithal within us. It is for us to adore him. You must be devoted. I do not understand how you can't be devoted to his work I, to, to, to his word, to his house, I don't understand. To your family, listen, it's, you've been fed a lie. Let me clear something up for you right now. It's not God, family, church, work, blah, 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 blah. That's a man-made priority list. It's God, and then everything under that falls. I've got, I don't know how many priority ones, and they all fall under God. See, that's what we we get messed up with that. Where does this fall? Oh, oh my gosh, I don't know. Well, Billy's got a soccer game. Oh my God, I got to move that now. Up, no, no, it's God, it's God. Period. After that is all of your priority ones, because you will mess yourself up, and you will use it as an excuse if you start. Operating under the mindset of God, family, church, work, uh, blue, t ball, blah, boo, blah, concert, blah, blue. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Yeah. It's God. Do you hear me? It's God. It's God. no other and when he is number one and you have the elements of worship in your life you will be amazed at how the confusion and all those other areas that you list got cleared up because it is through worship that you will get revelation about your church It's through worship in the presence of God that you will find solutions to the problems in your home. And listen, before you misquote me, because that makes Kim really mad, before you misquote me, understand this. You're only responsible for you. But you need to make sure in your home God is first. Period. Or it is fractured to begin with. You're like, well, but, uh, I get it. But, but, and I understand that. I totally understand that, man. There is not a person on this planet that can keep me away from God. Do you hear me? You break every bone in my body as long as I got a brain. You can't keep me from God and he can't, you, sh- you you either but our problems begin to get elevated the the he said the she said well if if he would just get his act together our home would be no 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 what about you if she would just no stop you worship god You implement these elements of worship in your life. You're not responsible for the behavior and the actions or the decisions of anybody else on this planet but you. So make up your mind today that it's God period. There is no other. I will worship God first. I will honor my country. I will honor those who serve. I will honor the Constitution. I will honor the flag. I will honor every person on this planet because they were created by our Creator. However, I will worship one and one alone, and His name is Jesus. <clears throat> Bow your head with me, please. God help us. I want you to just, first of all, feel the silence right now. Feel it. Feel this silence. Just feel it. Do you trust God, whether it's your mountaintop season or your wilderness season, your valley season, your cave season, whatever it is, do you trust God completely? If you don't, God didn't change our vision and our mindset. Do you trust? God, if right now in your heart there was a pause, there was a little stutter, there was something other than yes, will you do the right thing? Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Do you admire Him? Are you just blown away by how awesome God is? Have, do you still have the fascination about God that you once had? Is it still there? Because, because remember, it, your situation should not be able to mess with that. Because that's settled. That's settled. You need to settle it. If for whatever reason you have been distracted and there's been more fascination to anything else, you know you can be fascinated with your problems. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Do you trust Him? Do you admire Him? Are you fascinated? And in terms of your devotion, is there still adoration? Mind-boggling adoration. Heart-moving adoration. Every every picture we see of heaven, worship is taking place. Isaiah had all four of those elements in chapter 6. He had confidence and trusted God or he wouldn't have said, here I am, send me. He admired him or he wouldn't have bowed to begin with. He was fascinated by his very, you knew it by his very description of the way he talked about what was going on. He was fascinated that the place trembled. He was fascinated that God and his glory covered the earth. He was fascinated that the smoke filled the room. He was fascinated. And he fell to his face, and God wrecked him. And he said, woe is me. I'm a person of unclean lips, and I live with people with unclean lips. And he put his focus and attention and adoration on the one on the throne. And that moved God. And one of the seraphim went to the altar, took the call and touched his lips, and he was cleansed of his guilt, and all of his sin was removed. He had all four of the elements which enabled him to worship. Which enabled him to see him for who he really was. So that it was like a mirror that came up in front of Isaiah. But it also equipped him to go and do what God wanted him to do. Listen to me. It starts with worship. I saw the Lord seated on his throne. It starts with worship. It starts with worship. And while Trey sings, you're going to hear Worthy of every song we could ever sing. (laughs) There's only one. Church, there's only one. And in this last few minutes, don't miss your opportunity to worship. But it's also your opportunity to come. If you need to know Jesus, come. Come. No one's waiting to grab you when you get here. No, no, no. Between you and God. Father, I thank you that you alone are worthy. Father, we don't deserve your blessings. We don't don't deserve another day. We we don't deserve anything but in your infinite mercy and grace you have chose us to do your work and to do your will forgive us may today be a turning point for every individual under the sound of my voice start with me dear God May it be a turning point for living water. God, if there's pruning that needs to happen, let the pruning begin for you to get glory and for you to get honor. God, we lay ourselves at your feet and we ask you to move in our presence. May we worship you to the degree that you are worth. Would you stand to your feet? in an attitude of prayer and worship. And worship.